0: Welcome, everybody, to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 167. I'm your host tonight, and my name is Shorty, and I have just one bean on the line with me in the form of Cracker. How's it going, mate? Good. Thanks. How are you, mate? Yeah, pretty good. We were meant to have Chewy, and then uh, last minute, I think he had a work <laughs> emergency or something like that. But mm-hmm. I guess that's what happens when you work in the... Hospital industry, things come up and they need to be dealt with immediately. Yeah, something about supporting the emergency services,
1: IT systems. Yes. Apparently, apparently they need to work. Yep. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Thankfully, my field of construction only happens during daytime hours. I'm not in (laughs) commercial construction that's working 24-7. So, yeah, do get to uh, stop work. At some point in the evening, I usually stop work. Sometime around mm. like 6.30 or 7 or something ridiculous. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, you just have us two tonight. But a uh, couple of things to talk about on the podcast this week. I'm going to have a quick chat about the standard banning announcement. It's it's a bit of old news now. It was uh, just after we recorded last time's podcast, the uh, announcement came out. So we'll have a quick chat about that. And then we're going to jump into some Lord of the Rings previews because that set comes out really soon, like in... Two weeks' time, I think, so... Yep. Going to get into that, have a bit of a chat. We'll talk about the mechanics as we normally do for a new set that's coming out, and then, uh, yeah, have a bit of a look at some of the previews. But before we get into any of that, Cracker, who Mm. are our awesome sponsors?
1: Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. Fantastic, legendary people that they are, with their wonderful Facebook auction page, with nightly auctions of physical magic cards, and they've got stacks. Every night, there's new listings going up, with a full-time auctioneer, everything gets out the door really quickly. With premium auctions on the weekend, uh, and you get free tokens whenever you win an auction. So don't forget to let Pat know which one of those you want, and uh, tell him that the beans sent you when you win an auction. And keep an eye out because we'll get some um, we'll get some Lord of the Rings stuff up pretty soon. Pat usually gives away a box or two at the start of a set. So well,
0: he's got probably- a giveaway going at the moment. Does he? Uh, I don't know when that ends, but yeah, it's a. Uh- Post up your favourite quote, or part from the movie, or from the books, or something along those lines. So yeah, make sure you jump on the Facebook group. Just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au dot com dot That will take you straight to the Facebook group, and then you can join up and yeah, get in on the giveaway because there might be some value in this set, mate. I mean, you could if he's if he's giving away collector boxes, you may just crack the one <laughs> um, ring, the one ring, a million which dollar card. Is now now up to a million dollar of bounty. I think we saw today, uh-huh. so yep, not surprising. I think uh, I think it's likely it will sell for more than that, uh, but yeah, get in on it and uh, get free stuff because everyone loves free stuff. So yeah, will you get the double whammy tonight, Cracker? Because all of the things we have a banning, which mm-hmm. is your forte, and then we have mechanics <laughs> to talk about. So I'm just going to sit back. I might as well just mute my mic sure. and away <laughs> you go. So <laughs> sounds we- good. <laughs> we did have the yeah standard ban announcement, which we knew was coming. We had the Arena Championship a couple of weeks ago, they were waiting for that to be done, and -hmm. then on the Monday they were going to do a ban announcement. So, we speculated a little bit on the previous podcast, and we were working under the assumption that at a minimum, Fable would be banned, Mm -hmm. and who knows from there. So, what did we end up getting banned in Standard?
1: Well, Fable was indeed banned, so was Invoke Despair and Reckoner Bankbuster, which are (laughs) pretty much the cards that I think most people were calling for. Some yes. people were putting Shieldred on the list. It seems super unlikely that they were going to do that. Like, it's just a phenomenal creature, but it's still just a four-drop creature. It's
0: pretty unlikely to get a ban, Emma. Yeah, it's not doing anything broken. It's just it's just kind of part of that Rakdos package that mm-hmm. makes m- made the deck super annoying. <laughs> but mm-hmm. it is definitely, like, you can deal with it. It's not breaking the yeah. game. Yeah, it yeah. might- Lose you some life and gain your opponent some life, but you can deal with it. So it's yep. yeah, it's fine. I don't don't think that needs a ban. Fable, yeah, everyone knew that was going to come. Whether I mean, it is probably the most powerful card in standard. Whether it was ban worthy because it was overpowered, I don't know. But it's definitely ban worthy because everybody was over it, and it just enabled yeah. a lot of stuff to happen. You know, the making treasures to ramp you or fix your mana. As well as card filtering and putting two bodies on the board and then leading to the, once you untap with a uh, a non-summoning sick uh, reflection, things can start to get out of hand pretty quickly. And the fact that it was going to be around for another year. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, well, another year <laughs> and a half it would have been. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Yeah. Bankbuster, what's the reasoning for banning Bankbuster? It's just... It's too
1: ubiquitous, I think, was the main thing. It's just a go-to advantage because it's colorless. You just yeah. put it anywhere. So, it, it was interesting. Like, Bankbuster went through a whole series of different uses in its time. But it was a very, very common tool in post-type games. Like, pretty much every deck would have a couple of copies in the in the board. Because you could just bring it in for any of the kind of grindier matches, which is most of standard. So, I don't know why everyone wasn't playing them in the uh, like in the main. I mean obviously all the Rakdos decks were, but yeah. Just uh too
0: easy, too much advantage. Yeah. I, I do it's I don't know c- I don't, card advantage them, and man. win con in the all in one. I think that is what makes Bankbuster mm. so good. I think, I think it's like it's again, it's not a broken, crazy powerful card, but it, yeah, like I said, it's it's colourless so it goes in it can go in every deck. And mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's just too easy to put in every deck. And that's that's what makes it really strong.
1: Yeah. And then invoke. I don't think anyone's sad to see Invoke go, really. Hell the- no. <laughs> so, Invoke had a weird thing where it basically soft-banned uh, Planeswalkers.
0: And, <laughs> like- and enchantments other than <laughs> other, other than, than Fable, where you've fable already got your value out of it. Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Yep. Those were the only two that sort of survived it. So, yeah, I don't think anyone's surprised or disappointed that it's gone.
0: Yeah. I was talking to a few people, I think, at the um, the Melbourne Regional Championships about Invoke, and it's like, there's just so many things that that card does that it's like if you just take one of the things off of that card, it it, it would be better, you know. Like it's like why why do they get to draw cards? Why do you yeah. have to lose life? Like why does mm-hmm. it hit three different things? And it, like mm-hmm. it was just so much advantage and and exactly like I said, like it holds back planeswalker based decks, holds back l- like big enchantment type decks. There's a bunch of good enchantments that got printed in recent sets. Like, in you know, there's that all-will-be-one enchantment in red that's like, oh, you can build some spicy brews and things like that. And it's like, no, nah, you're just going to lose to Invoke to spear. <laughs> like, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty rough. So, it's certainly not sad to see that go. And compared to the other Invokes, it was just so much stronger. The, I think the I only mean- other one that saw play was the white one. Yeah, Invoke Justice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one of those always ends up being best in a cycle, but- Best to the point where three of them, I don't know what they are. Yes. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the green one makes some creatures. Oh, it makes them four or I can't think. can't
0: remember what the blue one does. Probably steals I, a creature I think or the something. blue
1: one is your yeah, mind control.
0: Yeah. But, uh, and the red one was horrible. It's like it destroys some artifacts or something. It's like, how Ooh. is that powerful? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Not, not good. But anyway, we're not super focused on standard at the moment. Our current league is Explorer and yeah, we're not really focusing too much on standard. There's not much competitive standard stuff going on. All the like regional championships and things going on at the moment are Pioneer mm-hmm. and it's sort of leading into, I think the next season is actually Modern. Well, the Modern Pro Tour is coming up soon. Yeah, yeah. Barcelona. Yep. So... uh yeah, we probably won't be focusing on standard too much and neither will a lot of the pro level players. So, I've heard stuff on podcasts, people saying, you know, okay, you know, Esper Legends is really good now and mono white and blue white soldiers and they're starting to see some spicy stuff here and there, but I don't know. It's it's it certainly hasn't interested me in coming back to standard. One other thing to point out, I think uh, like we touched on it and I spoke definitely spoke about it on stream, we were unsure how they were going to go with this banning announcement, whether they were going to like go all out and ban heaps of stuff or just do a little mm-hmm. ban, whatever. They did actually say this is their like first, yep, we're just going to ban these cards and then see how the format is. And then when we hit our yearly scheduled ban announcement, which will be just before Eldraine releases, then we will reassess and have a look. So we may see more standard bans come in three months' time or, or whatever that is. Yeah, yeah or,
1: 7th of August is the, yep, the next ban on it. They, as they'll well, be the first yearly one.
0: Yeah, as well as other formats, because that's when they will be looking at other formats as well. So we may see, mm-hmm. you know, potentially some some bans in Pioneer as well from, <coughs> from a couple of these cards like Fable. It's uh, very heavily played in Pioneer as well. So who knows? But yeah, that's standard. We'll chuck that in the bin and forget about it for uh, <laughs> for a while. We'll come Announcement back to the is us. closed. <laughs> Done. Okay. Next, Lord of the Rings. So oh yeah. Lord of the Rings, all right. So, this set some, some details on the set, in case you've been living under a rock, you know, we've spoken about it before. It is a direct-to-modern set, so it is the equivalent of Modern Horizons, but it is not a Modern Horizons power-level set, and that's when the f- set was first announced and it was announced that it was coming in the place of a Horizons set this year, everyone assumed, oh, sweet, it's going to be Lord of the Rings themed, but it's going to be the next Modern Horizons set, awesome. Mm-hmm. It's not that at all. Uh, no,
1: but they've been very clear from the start that it yes, wouldn't they have, and
0: and and I think like, us included, people sort of took it the wrong way and yeah, misunderstood what the the intention with the set was. So it is modern legal. There will be some cards that we'll see playing modern, but it is mostly a commander set to be honest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Especially after we found a card uh, a bit earlier that we might talk yep. about. Yeah, uh yeah. It's in it's in the main set, but it has a commander only mechanic. So yeah, that's a good one. Uh, but yeah, this is, uh, it's like 280 something cards. It's got a pre-release normal paper pre-release uh, next weekend, actually, June the 16th and, and the whole weekend. So, you know, check out your local stores and get in on that. There's an Arena release the following week. So for the full set is coming on Arena. It will not be Explorer legal. It will just be historic legal. But there will be draft events and sealed and all that sort of stuff because it is a it is a full set. So get in on that, and then the full paper release is on June the twenty third. So it's kind of it's pushed out, and th- this is part of the reason why we got such a big gap between the standard releases this year. It's to put this set in to make it a focus set release. So it's interesting, and I, I'm I'm interested to see if this is how it's going to be going forward for Wizards if they're gonna keep the same sort of cadence with their standard sets and have this big gap in the middle and then release something else, <laughs> some other product. Because mm. you kind of get in those situations where it's like, oh, we've got a new standard set, but then Modern Horizons is releasing in three weeks' time and there's like overlapping previews and people like, well, should I buy the standard set or should I buy the Modern Horizons set or whatever? And so maybe they're trying to space them out a little bit to, at the end of the day, increase their sales, I guess. Mm-hmm. So um, Yeah. But anyway, this is a set... Based on the Lord of the Rings books, not the movies. That is something that they've been very clear on. It is their interpretation of the books. So, Cracker, I asked you before the podcast, you're a Lord of the Rings fan?
1: Yeah, definitely. We were talking about it. I I read the books when I was probably early teens, which is- Yeah, it would have been the same for me. Like- plus years ago ago. (laughs) not quite 30 years but yeah it's it's you know like probably 25 years since i've read them i need to read them again but love the movies saw them all at the cinema and that sort of stuff i know they're not the same thing can't get upset still have to like the movies (laughs) um but you know yeah big big fan of like just the ip i mean it's kind of the granddaddy of all high fantasy and it's that is you know like a Genre that is just a huge part of everything I like, <laughs> so it's kind of hard to not, not you know have such a level of appreciation for Tolkien and just doing it so well. Yeah, right off the rip, like yep. it's just insane.
0: Yeah, the the books were good. There's definitely some really long, slow sections. Oh yeah, in some of the book, lots of just travelling and and stuff like that, but. They are definitely good, and and yeah, like I said, they were kind of format defining or genre defining for for fantasy books. Obviously, there's you know other fantasy books that, that were mm-hmm. you know, written around the same times or earlier and different things like that. But the extent that Tolkien went to with his world building was next level. It was It's absolutely insane. And for me, it was the same thing. It was that early teens, and it was right when I was like I was reading fantasy books. I was getting into Warhammer. I was getting into magic you know, playing RPGs and all that sort of stuff, like it was it was all around that time and that's yeah, that's when I read Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and mm-hmm. Yeah, very, very very good and very uh very good reads, very interesting and definitely something that's worthwhile going back and, and rereading and, and same thing. Loved all the movies. Again, long <laughs> but Especially if you watch the uh, extended Direct- versions. Oh yeah, <laughs> let's go. And somehow the Hobbit is three movies worth, despite it uh, only being one small book. But let's anyway, not talk about that. <laughs> so yeah, both both Lord of the Rings fans, uh, but not you know crazy Lord of the Rings nerds. Yeah. But I was telling you before the cast, I'm not really that hyped about this this set. Uh, I think you're you're a bit more hyped than me. I, I think I am. Yeah what's yeah, the like just the the feel of it like what's what's grabbing you i mean it
1: kind of just the the visuals are stunning like just looking at the art on these cards is is phenomenal and just kind of picking up the different things and referencing it back to like the parts of the story it feels like they've kind of done a really awesome job of you know capturing the essence of the story and and that's cool i really yeah. like seeing you know different representations of it and yeah I feel like they've just done a really good job. Yep. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I, I I love that as well. Like I love the, same was saying before, like kind of like the the Dungeons and Dragons set that we had, at Adventure mm-hmm. in the For- Forgotten Realms, the um, Warhammer 40k set. Same thing. Like they've they've picked characters from the the books and and uh, you know iconic scenes and things like that, and then put them into card form. And it's really yeah cool to see how they've done that like whether it's the naming of the card the art the mechanics the the flavor text all those different things like all combined to you know you you scrolling through the previews and it's like oh that card oh that card, that's cool well that's you know like i saw like lembus <laughs> which is the, mm-hmm. the like bread stuff that they eat yep. uh, and it's like hey it's a it's a it's a food and it you know has these abilities and whatever and it's like ah oh. just little things like that are, are, are really cool to see but I was saying to you, like, I I haven't really been grabbed by the set, like, from a actual magic in excitement Game point of play. view. Sure, yeah, like because it's not it's going direct to modern. Love playing modern, but it's not a modern horizon set where it's like, okay, there's going to be a bunch of super powerful cards in here. This is going to change the format. You know, need to know what's going on, all that sort of thing. And and I'm you know I'm really considering buying a box because it's yeah, there's going to be a bunch of good cards and stuff worth money. It doesn't have that side of it, so I'm kind of put off by it a little bit and it's more commander focused and i'm not the biggest commander player like i'll play commander but i'm not paying attention to cards going oh i can put this in this deck and put this in this deck that sort of thing so from the magic point of view i'm just not super excited about it and i don't think i will buy any of this product other than one collector booster <laughs> to try to get my hands on that million mm-hmm. dollar ticket in my packet which is yep. extremely unlikely but one in three point three million. If, if I don't buy, if I don't even buy a single pack, I have zero chance. What's yep. what's Chewy's always saying? You miss the shots that you don't take. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So yep. gotta have a shot. So anyway, are you going to buy any of this product, Cracker?
1: Probably much the same as you. Yep. I will get a collector booster, but um, there'll probably be some singles and things I'll look to pick up afterwards. Yeah. But yep. I'm I'm not I'm certainly not one for just mass cracking products. Yep, but there's definitely there's definitely some cards in here that, that really do interest me from like a commander perspective. I think there's some some strong stuff for modern. It's certainly yep. not not the level of like you said, modern horizons one or two, where you know there's no hogax or urzas or urza sagas or you know ragavan you know, kind of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, and um, we we could we could keep listing, but there's definitely <laughs> going to be some cards that are super impactful, and even in some more like niche decks, not necessarily like generically powerful. Kind yeah. of things. There's definitely bumps to existing um, archetypes, which is cool. Yeah. I, I think that that's a better place for things to be.
0: Yeah, I mean, if we hadn't had the Modern Horizon sets and they were similar to this, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'd be more used to it. But we've had those crazy power <laughs> one Horizon sets, so it's, that's kind of sets the expectation. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. This feels a bit more like a standard set where, or well, what standard sets used to be like, where it's like you have a standard set and you get one or two cards that go into modern decks and then you get maybe three or four cards that go into sideboards of modern decks and that's kind of it. You may get Mm -hmm. one card that goes into Legacy or something, but yeah, Yeah. not what we're getting these days. Where The standard sets almost seem to change the modern format as well.
1: Pretty much.
0: Yep. So, yeah, we thought we'd have a bit of a look at the mechanics of the set. Mm. So, this is your job, Cracker.
1: Yeah. Take us through. Let's, Let's go. So, the first one is called Tempt. Well, the ring tempts you is the way it's described. So, you get an emblem called the ring. Not to be confused with the wand ring, which is an actual magic card, but this is an emblem. So, like a Planeswalker thing, it's just there. You can't interact with it. Like and, a dungeon. Uh, like a dungeon. Yep. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, it's closer to a- it is called an emblem, but it is closer to a dungeon in that respect because things keep happening. So, every time the ring tempts you, you will get one of these things. So, there are four stages. The first one is- Uh, Your ring bearer is legendary and can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. So every time you are tempted, you if you have a creature on the battlefield, you choose a creature. So every time you are tempted by the ring, you can change which creature it is. And each time you choose a different creature, it gains all of the previous abilities. So you don't have to go back through from the start every time. It's just you get tempted by the ring each time. And then if your creature dies, then obviously you don't have a ring bearer. That's what the creature becomes called. You know, very on theme. Um, but you can change it every time you get tempted by the ring. So, the first one is your ring bearer is legendary and can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. Uh, next time you're tempted by the ring, it says, your whenever your ring bearer attacks, draw a card, to then discard a card. The third one is, whenever your ring bearer becomes blocked by a creature, that creature's controller sacrifices it at the end of combat, which is like old school death touch. <laughs> yep. So, um, and then the last one is whenever the ring bearer deals combat damage to a player, each opponent loses three life. So you, you go through this effectively four times and you keep each of these abilities. So, you know, by the time you hit the fourth one, it deals an extra three. You rummage. It can't be blocked by creatures with greater power. And it's got the ability of if it, if it becomes blocked, then that creature sacrifices it at the end of combat. So like it gets around indestructible and hex proof and like all those kinds of things. So. Really strong, really, really strong, and lots and lots of different ways to trigger it. Now, the ring can tempt you even if you don't have creatures in on the battlefield, and it does increase. So, you don't have to have, because there are, you know, like there are instances and in sorceries where the ring tempts you. Obviously, you can play other things where, you know, your creatures die and the ring still tempts you. And so, it still works its way through the different levels. You'll obviously have to have like a little counter or some way of representing it on a- on an emblem like you would with a dungeon so you know where you're up to um and then once you reach the end you've completed all of them and you just choose a creature every time and so once you've gone through all four the next time the ring tempts you basically you can just choose to keep it as the same creature or pick a different one
0: seems kind of strong it's it's one of those like, it seems very strong yeah it's it was again yeah it's kind of like the dungeon thing where it's just like tacked on to, <laughs> to cards and yeah. yeah, if you've got it up to like i'm going to refer to it as level four so it's mm-hmm. f- f- a fully leveled up ring mm-hmm. then yeah that is a lot of abilities getting just added Sheesh. onto a creature for free like pretty much yeah it's uh it's pretty nuts
1: yeah it's it is really interesting
0: and I mean, if,
1: if people are interested, there's a whole article that Mario wrote about why there's no downside. Like these are literally all just upsides, as opposed to actually being tempted by the ring, which was pretty much all downside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it the the thing is, they wanted people to use it, and when there were downsides on it, no one wanted to play it. Yeah. So They wanted they basically just went well. We, this is more flavorful in getting people to use it rather than actual. We understand it's it shouldn't be good stuff.
0: Yeah. And like the abilities are reasonably thematic, and the like the Definitely. ring does does give you powers. powers. Like that's why 100%. it's that's why it's tempting you, <laughs> to, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so you can have those powers. So I, I have a question. Yep. Like the f- the first ability on the the ring is it makes your ring bearer legendary. Mm-hmm. If you've got two creatures mm-hmm. like non legendary creatures on the battlefield, and one of them becomes legendary, yep, the other one's not legendary. Correct. So, do they legend rule?
1: No, because only one of them legendary.
0: Okay, cool. Yep.
1: Because it's like having um, one of those clone effects like Sakashima or something like that where you clone le- a creature. Yep, and it's not legendary. it becomes a non-legendary yep. copy of
0: that creature. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Yep. That makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so, there is a double-faced helper card that mm-hmm. will be coming in the pack. So, on, on one side, it has the rule, like the instructions or like how the ring tempts you and how that all works. Mm-hmm. So people are going to forget, and then the other side yep. is the ring, and then it has the, the four abilities. So, yeah, you should be able to snag yourself one of them pretty easily, and then uh, yeah, if you're ever playing a deck that has the ring or rings tempting you, then uh, you know what to do. There is also another thing uh, in reference to the ring bearer. Yes. So, some spells and abilities like reference Ooh, ring bearers.
1: Yes. Sorry, I'm just looking. I had to jump to a different site so I could actually read... <laughs> The rules
0: on it. Um. So we've got Sauron the Necromancer, Mm -hmm. which is three black black for a four four menace. Uh, When it attacks, exile target creature card from your graveyard. Create a tapped and attacking token that's a copy of that card, except it's a three three black wraith with menace. At the beginning of the next end step, exile that token, unless Sauron is your ring bearer. So Sauron itself doesn't tempt you with the ring. Mm -hmm. So if you've got something else that is letting you, is tempting you... With the ring, you can make Sauron your ring bearer, and then when you make that token, you get to keep it. At the uh, at The beginning of the end step. If you don't, then you have to exile it. So, yeah, there. Are, there's a bunch of different spells and things that reference if it's targeting your ring bearer, or if you've got a, if you have a ring bearer on the battlefield or whatever, then it, you get a ability, or you get a, a buff, or a a negative, or or whatever it is. So, yeah, some something like it. It does say in the text there, like the when you choose a creature to be your ring bearer eight, it gains that it's not a creature type and it's not a an ability like flying or something like that, but it, it is a something that can be referenced on the on the battlefield.
1: Yeah. Which is interesting. I wonder how that stack with stacks with layers. I'm glad I don't have to <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're, they're uh, all in yeah. there somewhere. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, dear. Well, uh, the, next one? So the next one is Amass Orcs So we've seen Amass before We've seen Amass Zombies um, So there will be a creature The example here is Gothmog Morgul Lieutenant Which is three and a black for a 3-3 three, three. Uh, And it says when he enters the battlefield Amass Orcs 1 So you put a plus one plus one count on an army you control It's also an orc If you don't control an army Create a zero-zero black orc Army creature token first and then this thing says creature tokens you control have death touch. So it creates a single creature. And then every time you amass, it puts in plus one, plus one counters on it. So if you don't have an orc army already, then it creates one for you and it will become, you know, a 1-1. One, one. But then if you play something else that says amass two, then it'll become a 3-3, three, three, so on and so forth. So you don't get more creatures. You just get bigger creature.
0: Yeah, it doesn't go wide. It just goes tall.
1: Yeah, and so yep. we saw that, like I said, with the zombies, there was that.
0: Yeah, as in War of the, the Spark, the, I think.
1: Yeah, the new bitter blossom.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How many variants of bitter blossom have we had recently, and uh, none of them have been good.
1: None of them have been bitter
0: blossom, as it no. turns out. Yeah, turns uh, out that having flying on the the creature is the key.
1: And being a rogue with all of the fairy <laughs> things <laughs> yes, going being on, being
0: a fairy tribal enchantment, and mm-hmm. all that sort of stuff. Yeah, lots of other things. Yep. Um, tell you what else we got. Food, food yep. is back. I mean, before you move off from that, Cracker, just just to clarify, so yes. it does say amass orcs one, and then it's got mm-hmm. the rules text. So put a plus on plus encounter on an army you control. So mm-hmm. that's the same rules text for the old ones with the zombies. It was yes, put a plus on plus encounter on an army you control. If you don't, you create a an army which is mm-hmm. a uh, which is also a zombie. So if you are playing both like old ones and the new ones, if you've amassed. And made a zombie, and then mm. you amass with an orc one. It just adds to the zombie one, but it becomes mm-hmm. a zombie orc <laughs> army. Perfect. So yeah, you don't yes, get it- you don't get a zombie army and a orc army. Orc, it's just yeah. amassing on an army, not mm-hmm. two separate armies. So that's. Uh, I mean, someone will make a a mass army commander deck with zombies and orcs, and yeah, going to go to town. So keep that in mean- mind. Go off. Yep. <laughs> do, do your thing. <laughs> um
1: Yeah, food. Unsurprisingly, there's there's a lot of food in <laughs> Lord of the Rings. Who would've thought? <laughs> uh, particularly with all of the hobbits. Uh, and Billy the Pony is is here. Billy the Pony is uh f- three and a white for a one four. And when Billy the Pony enters the battlefield it creates two food tokens. Uh and it has an ability to sacrifice of food until end of turn target creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness toughness rather than its power. <laughs> it's tough <nut>. Toughness. toughness <laughs> rather than its power. Um because Billy's a one four and he wants to hit people like he's uh with his booty. With, with these big strong back legs, right? Yeah, Kick him exactly. like a horse. Yep. It makes sense. It's the magic, exactly. let's go. Uh food. We we all know how good that is. Yep. And there's just a lot of it lying around like Yeah, I don't
0: know. Yeah, there is quite a bit of it in the set. And there's, uh, yeah, a lot of things that make food. And then there's, Mm -hmm. yeah, like that Lembus, which I was saying before, is also a food itself. So, yeah, plenty of food kicking around.
1: Uh, We've also got land cycling back, which is cool. So, So, come and go a bit, actually. It's been a little while since we've had basic land cycling. Um it's basic, is it? This is basic, this isn't though, is basic it? land cycling. No, no, this is mountain specific, yeah. specific land cycling. It's two, I just read that. So this one, the example here is a Olifant, which is pretty cool with all of its extra tusks and things. Uh it's a 6 mana 6/4, six, but it has a bunch of keywords, but mountain cycling one it says discard this card, search your library for a mountain card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. So pretty pretty
0: good. Yeah, it specifically know? lets you get a mountain card so it can get a triome, can get a Dual land, shock, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, yeah, that, it is definitely much better than basic land cycling. Because
1: we've certainly seen that before too.
0: Yep. Yep. That does go into your hand, not into your-
1: That would be way too strong. Yes. <laughs> one, matter, one, <laughs> one generic Search matter. a library for a car- <laughs> land card, put it onto the battlefield. Yeah. Yeah. Uncounterable
0: uh, at instant speed. Yep, sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Perfect. Yep.
0: Uh, sagas
1: are back. This well, is an interesting saga. This n- one. This this <laughs> one's great. This one's uh, it's called Long List of the Ents. It's a single green, and it's got uh, it's got six chapters. Uh, chapters uh, one through six are all the same, and <laughs> it says note a creature type that hasn't been noted on Long List of the Ents. When you cast your next creature's foot, next creature spell of that type this turn, that creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus one plus one counter on it.
0: What a weird card.
1: Yeah, you changeling tribal, go have fun.
0: Yeah, okay. Train changelings. Yeah, I was like like what are we doing with this card? But yeah, I guess yeah. changelings, you can just name a different like this is your yeah, one yeah, drop correct. and then for the next uh-huh. <laughs> five turns for every mm-hmm. creature that you play you can name a different type and it comes in with an additional plus on counter. So mm-hmm. yeah, I guess that works. Very strange though. It is kind of weird. It's funny. It's on theme. Yeah, yeah,
1: definitely. We've also got Historic back. So, Historic we've seen before. So, that is artifacts, sagas, and anything with a legendary super type. So, creatures, planeswalkers, all that kind of stuff. And then there'll be different things that trigger based on Historic, you know, enters the battlefield or leave the battlefield, that kind of stuff.
0: Yep. Yeah, we saw that in Dominaria. Uh, Yes. Not the most recent one, the last one.
1: Uh, Yes. With, like, Tashar and that kind of stuff. Yep. And Mox Hmm. Amber. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that one. Um, yep. And then the last one is stun counters. So we've seen stun counters. I can't remember when. Uh, recently. Pretty, pretty recently, yeah. yeah. Uh So uh, if a tapped creature with one or more stun counters would untap it, would untap. Instead, it stays tapped and one of the stun counters is removed from it. This can be used because it's the untap step or a spell or ability tries to untap the creature. But uh, remember, the stun counter is only removed if the creature is tapped. So it doesn't tap a thing down, but it just keeps it tapped for a turn longer, basically, if it has like one stun counter on it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Sounds about right. Yep.
1: Which is cool. There's yep. a card I want to talk about that has a bunch of stun counters as yeah, part cool. of its ability. Yep. So.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we've also got treasures, which isn't listed there, but that's they're evergreen now. I think so. Mm. You're seeing them all over the place. Great. Yep. And. Yep. Goad as well, yeah. Shorty. Yeah. <laughs> so, we were <laughs> looking at cards before we started recording, and I said, oh, Cracker, this is, it doesn't list Goad as a mechanic, but there's a card here with Goad on it, and Cracker's like, oh, no, but that'll be a, that'll be a Commander card, right? No. No, it's not. This is a Gloin Dwarf Emissary, two and a red for a 3-3. Three, That's three. in the main set, and mm-hmm. yeah, it has Tap, Sack, a Treasure, Goad target creature, and if you don't know what Goad is, well, mm. I'm not surprised because it's a weird mechanic. It but it is a commander-only mechanic. It is until your next turn, that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks a player other than you if able. So, when you're playing 1v1, mm-hmm. there are no other players for them to attack. Correct. So, it doesn't work at well, all. Well, it,
1: it does work because it forces them to attack. But they can't attack. No. but So, that creature attacks each combat if able and attacks another player then you, if able, so, so I mean, it
0: has to attack you. It has
1: to attack unless okay. there is some other condition preventing it, like in Snaring Bridge or something. Right in modern, yeah. uh, it has to attack, okay. and you are the only other player. So ha- obviously, it has to attack you. So you right. can force some weird attacks, but it is definitely a very strange thing to do because obviously in Commander you can go your opponent's giant things to attack each yeah. other and yeah. you, you know do some politicking shenanigans. Yeah, but um, yeah. So why anyway, is this n- not
0: in the commander set?
1: Shh, don't ask questions.
0: <laughs> why is it not listed in the mechanics?
1: <laughs> you, again, you're asking questions and that's just uh, that's unnecessary.
0: <laughs> I'm I sure there's yeah. about half a dozen other mechanics that they haven't listed as well. So, yeah, yeah, there's too many cards. We haven't read them all. No, yes, there is way too many cards. So, yeah, some cool mechanics. Uh, yeah, good to see a couple of those returning that have been mm-hmm. popular over the years. And- uh, yeah, I mean, the amass is not really a new mechanic. It is just a returning mechanic. So, really, all we've got as a new mechanic is the ring tempting you. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of it. But, yeah. That's okay. Cool, I'm cool all right mechanic. with them not
1: jamming a bunch of mechan- new stuff in. Because there's so many other things. There's actually a really strong, It's not obviously, it's an evergreen, but scry sub-theme as well. In, okay. Um, blue-green. There's a lot of stuff there that triggers off, like, when you scry and a bunch of other things. Which is cool. All
0: right. Okay. Well, take us away with some previews.
1: Yeah. So the first one that jumped out at me, and we're talking about stun counters, is called The Watcher in the Water. Now, okay, before we get into this, spoilers. If you, <laughs> if you haven't <laughs> read the books <laughs> or seen the movies, we're going to talk about things that are in the books and the <laughs> movies. Yep. Um so Watcher in the Water. So this is when the uh, the party is about to go through the Mines of Moria and they're trying to work out how to get in the door. And there's a giant kraken thing that's lurking in the the pond behind them. Yep. Um, so this is three blue blue for a legendary creature kraken. It is a nine nine, which is mm-hmm. insane. That's not normal. <laughs> Correct. It also doesn't have any like dumb abilities like this creature can't attack. So it's got. It does have a lot of keywords on a lot of words. So it says. Uh, The Watcher in the Water enters the battlefield tapped with nine stun counters. on. Okay, so it's tapped to start with. Whatever. It's a 5 mana nine-nine. I'll take it. Uh, It also says, whenever you draw a card during your opponent's turn, create a 1-1 blue tentacle creature token. Whenever a tentacle you control dies, untap up to one target Kraken and put a stun counter on up to one target non-land permanent. So, we just talked about stun. Doesn't untap the next thing. But it's just... You just keep going off. So, there's nine stun counters, right? So, you can only do this nine times unless you proliferate or whatever. But it doesn't say you can only create nine tentacle tokens, tentacle creatures. So, every time you draw a card, you just get to make a new one. It's not the first time. It's not draw two cards. It's just- it's my jam. Spits shorty. out tokens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 just. This is exactly what
0: I want to be doing. It just needs flash, right? <laughs> that's, I said uh, some sort of combination with skull clamp <laughs> going yeah. on here. Yeah, yeah. Correct. <laughs> yeah.
1: So there's definitely some nonsense you can get up to. Yeah, it's like pay one mana, draw two cards, create two. It's dudes. only during your opponent's turn, though. Oh, However, so you, you need- can't
0: during an opponent's turn. Yeah, oh, yeah, is yeah, That yeah. part. So uh, okay, need- that's weird. Yeah.
1: It's uh it's good so it, it otherwise it would just be like the locust God
0: yeah Cracking. yeah and- that's a, that's how I was sort of seeing it but yeah no opponent's saying okay that 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 is at least a reasonable restriction to have on yeah the so card. you need
1: you need uh you know like either
0: you need a line
1: of anticipation Oh, exactly pretty cool yeah but five men and nine nine
0: yeah that's just huge keyword big that spits out tokens yep
1: mm-hmm. all right Sounds um I've got some other ones. Yep, go for Geoffrey. Yeah. Next one I've got is called Rise of the Witch King. Well, obviously, none of these are mo- modern focused. Just to be clear, there's, there's <laughs> one that I've got that I'll get to that, that could def- that would we'll definitely see play in um, other eternal formats. But Rise of the Witch King is two green black. It's a sorcery, and it says each player sacrifices a creature. If you sacrifice a creature this way, you may return another permanent card from your graveyard to the battlefield.
0: Permanent mm. card. Okay.
1: Planeswalkers, giant yep. enchantments, massive creatures.
0: Jackie yep, pick. in Golgari colours. Yeah,
1: no one's ever put creatures into their graveyard <laughs> in Golgari before. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> yeah, it just seems, it, it seems like the best kind of um, zombify effect, which we've seen, you know, many times before. Like a four mana return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield is something that exists. Yeah. But the fact that it's an edict for everyone on the way in is really good and then it's As well. any permanent and then it's not any just permanent. a creature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, seems, seems good. S- seems strong.
0: Yep. I like it. I can definitely see that <laughs> going into in our, in our commander group <laughs> playing that card. Yep.
1: Yep, yep, yep. Um what else is there? Uh oh, this one I just thought was cool cuz it's um Shelob. I think is how you pronounce it? Shelob?
0: Yeah, I've always said Shelob.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Child of the Ungoliant. This the-
0: <laughs> yep, sure.
1: I don't know, mate. I need to watch the movies again. <laughs> anyway, um, it's the spider, right? It's the yeah. spider that uh, yep. attacks. Poor little Frodo and Sam. Uh, but it's a legendary spider demon. That's uh, four black green, for an eight eight. And it has death touch and ward two. Other spiders you control have death touch and ward two. And whenever another creature dealt damage by a spider, you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's a food artifact with the food ability. That's, that's the cool. Fla- the flavor on this thing is fantastic, man. Are you talking about the flavor because it's food? hmm <laughs> I thought you'd like that, too. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that's what the spider does, right? And yeah. She, she she ambushes people and, then you know, cocoons them up and then eats them later. That's just brilliant yeah yeah that is
0: very good. you can spit out a bunch of spider tokens or something with death Hunch, mm-hmm. as we've seen with like Lolth and mm-hmm. different things like that and then uh yeah just sit there and sit back and block and kill their creatures turn them into food and very good yeah that's actually super thematic and yeah, that, yeah this this is that example of how they've done such a good job of translating the books and the movies into uh-huh. magic cards that make sense and work and yeah will likely see play in. Some format. Commander. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. So, the card I've got that
1: actually we'll see play in um, Eternal Formats is Orcish Bowmasters. Orcish Bowmans. Yep. Orcish Bowmans. Exactly. Bowmasters. So, this is uh, one in a black for a creature. It's an Orc Archer. It has Flash. That's a 1-1. And it says, when Orcish Bowmasters enters the battlefield and- when Orcish Bowmasters enters the battlefield and whenever an opponent draws a card, except for the first one they draw in each of their draw steps, Orcish Bowmasters deals one damage to any target, then amass Orcs one. So, ETB ping (laughs) one. confusing. (laughs) Make a 1-1 Orc army with flash, right? So, it's a two-mana... One, one, and then another one, one, and it pings for one to any target. So, it's not just creatures. So, you can, you know, shoot a creature or shoot a player or a planeswalker, whatever you need. Uh, But if people are drawing extra cards, then any time they draw an extra card except for their draw step, you do the same thing.
0: Yes. Very strong. Yeah. You amass and ping a target. Correct. Yeah. Mm. So, you flash it in in response to- Brainstorm. Brainstorm or something like that. And then they draw Is that three. Trigger? So you. Yep. Each card. It triggers three times. Whenever an yep. opponent draws a card except the first one. Yeah. Okay. So if you brainstorm. Okay. So even. It's not it even it's the it- first card they draw each turn. Nope. It's just the first one in their draw step. So if, even if. Yeah. If they end of your turn brainstorm, in response, you flash this in, mm-hmm. they they draw three. You get to ping four mm-hmm. and amass four. Yep. For two mana. That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I can see why yeah. this might see some play. Yeah, probably not in modern, but legacy I can uh,
1: Yeah, so, I mean, people are- see uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about it in legacy and also, like, high power commander stuff, CDH and those kind of things. But, I mean, all I want to do in commander is draw cards. <laughs> so, if someone <laughs> jams one of these things, they're going to end up with, like, a 30-30
0: before they know what to do. Uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, sure, you can go infinite with your Locust God, but you will also die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I'll get pinged <laughs> yeah, to death. Exactly. Worth it. Hmm. I think this card might end up in my Whoa. commander deck. Oh yeah. Here we go. Just because that's what your
1: <laughs> your deck needed. Yeah. Well, it needs <laughs> An- a two drop. Another way to deal with things. <laughs> Plus, it's making stuff for you to mutate onto. Oh, yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah.
1: This, this this card Synergies. actually seems really, really very strong. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah. So those are the main ones I had. Yep. Uh, what about you?
0: Yeah, I picked a couple, whether they're <laughs> going to be good or not is uh, another story. But I was just scrolling through before and I saw there is a new Meat Hook Massacre cracker. It sure is. It's in red. It it's sure not, is. It's not Meat Hook Massacre, but anyway, it's close. Uh, spiteful Banditry. X, red, red for an enchantment. When it enters a battlefield, it deals X damage to each creature.
1: Sort of Meat Hook Massacre. I mean, we've seen Rolling Thunder and those kind of effects before. So this yeah. is like a very on theme for red.
0: Yep. Uh, But then it's got an ability, whenever one or more creatures your opponents control die, you create a treasure token, which sounds amazing. And then it says this ability triggers only once each turn. (laughs) When I first read this card, it was like, ah, sweet. So, you know, you can deal four to the board, kill five or six creatures. I'm thinking commander again. Mm -hmm. Kill Kill a bunch of creatures, make a bunch of treasure, like just set yourself up for the next turn. Awesome. But it only triggers once each turn. So... Yeah. It is an enchantment. It is like meat hook where it just sits on the battlefield and then whenever, yeah, one or more creatures your opponent controls die, you do get to create a treasure, but you will only get to do it once each turn. It is, however, once each turn. So, if you are playing commander, it can trigger on every player's turn, mm-hmm. potentially. So
1: I was going to say the coolest thing about this is it's not legendary. Like the Meat Hook Massacre, but mm. you're playing Commander, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, you're like, "That's a good point, Joel. Yeah. Maybe I could have four of these things in the battlefield." Yeah. It's like,
0: "Well, probably not." <laughs> you could have said that, and I would have gone, "Oh, yeah,
1: it's true. Yeah, yeah, and not,
0: yeah, not even." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't
1: <laughs> want to. I don't want to lead our listeners down the garden path, mate. Not, not intentionally. I, I do that accidentally enough already.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's right. This, this just seems strong, man. Like if you need a like a sweeper of some description, you know, Pyroclasm or whatever, like this is just a good version of it. Yeah, you definitely. You can just jam it on turn two and let it just accumulate value.
0: Yep. Yeah, it seems, yeah, definitely. Definitely a good card in a, in a fair chunk of red commander decks. In any red combo type deck, like your Izits and Izzets and Guys, and sort of, those sorts of things, you're definitely going to be throwing one of those in. If you're playing, you know, some sort of red-based creature deck, you know, <laughs> you're certainly not going to be playing it, but, mm-hmm. yeah, the co- combo-type ones you definitely will, so... Again, may have to pick one of those up. Hopefully, they're not worth too much money. Uh, what are they sitting at? Oh, they're already at $24 US. Okay. Sure. No worries. Too late. Yep. All right. Rosie Cotton of South Lane. Uh, this is two and a white for a legendary halfling peasant. There's a one-one. And it has, when it enters the battlefield, create a food token. So Mm one one that makes a food, and then whenever you create a token, put a plus on plus on counter on target creature you control other than Rosie. So on its own, not very good. It's just an uncommon. It makes a food, and you have to have another creature to put that counter on, so not all that good. But there is a card that's been around for quite a long time called Scurry Oak. And uh, this card combos with a whole bunch of... Quite a things. long time.
1: Funnily enough, Modern Horizons 2.
0: <laughs> oh, is that where it's from? Yes. I thought it was came out before then. I thought it was an old card. No. Oh, wow. It is too. It is only from Modern Horizons 2. Jeez. Okay. So, it's what? Two years old then? Yep. <laughs> okay. I thought it had been around for ages. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Anyway. Okay. So, Scarry Oak is uh, two and a green for a one-two tree folk, and it has a volve, which- isn't terribly relevant whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control. If that creature has greater power or toughness than this creature, put a plus on plus on counter on this creature. Uh, but its main thing is whenever one or more plus on plus on counters are put on Scurry Oak, you may create a 1-1 one, one green squirrel creature token. So if you put your Scurry Oak and your Rosie Cotton into play, you can put your plus on plus on counter from Rosie Cotton on your Scurry Oak, which will mm-hmm. make a green squirrel token, which will then mm-hmm. trigger Rosie Cotton again. So, you can put another counter on Scurry Oak and you now have infinite 1-1 Green Squirrels, which, yeah, there has been different ways to combo with Scurry Oak and and make infinite creatures or gain infinite life, things like that. But they usually involve either three cards or they involve this and there's like a four mana creature. Mm -hmm. However, Rosie Cotton and Scurry Oak are both three mana creatures. So, collected company. Oh, yeah. End of turn, Coco, live the dream, hit both make these creatures. Make a million squirrels. Yep, make a bunch of squirrels, untap, attack you, win the game. So unlikely to see much in the way of modern play. There. I mean, you've got green-white based combo decks already. You know, you've know, you got Devoted Druid and mm-hmm. Vizier of Remedies, those sorts of things. But pretty much all of the those creature-based combos in modern require three cards. There's not really any, I don't think, that are just a two-card I win the game combo. I don't even think there's two-card, no. like, infinite life. I, I'm pretty sure they're all, like, you need...
1: So, well, Ballista Heliod. Yeah, okay. Ballista Heliod. Is, is the only one I can But you of, still but need, you need to, to... You need to activate Heliod. Yeah, you need to activate Ballista Heliod. Ballista to, to start with.
0: Yes, yeah. So, you've got another step in that, in that thing. So, yes, there are other ways to do it, but there's extra steps involved. Yep. This, I think, is the first time, as far as I'm aware, that it's just straight... Coco, these two creatures in end of turn, and you just make an infinite amount of squirrels. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. it is two creatures. One of them's a one-two, the other one is a one-one, so it is very easily disruptible. is what you're telling <laughs> <Yes>. me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, probably not that good, but interesting that they like they clearly would have known when they printed this rosy cotton card that it would combo in this way, and they've deemed sure that's fine. So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why it's three mana
1: as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. To to slow it down so you can't just do it all on one go.
0: Well, yeah. You need six mana. Yeah, you need six mana. And if you if you're just straight up casting them, you need six mana and then it's just sorcery speed on your turn. So unless you've got a way to give the creatures haste, it doesn't work. Mm. You know, your opponent has a turn to, to answer them. Whereas yeah, Coco you can do it into turn sort of thing, so
1: Yeah. Hey. Alright. So Chewy had a couple of cards. Yeah, go that for it. I those. wanted to talk about so, one is Shadowfax, Lord of Horses, which is a very pretty white horse. Uh, it is three red-white, uh, and it's a 4-4 legendary creature horse. Mm.
0: Gandalf's horse?
1: Is it is. Exactly right. So, it says, horses you control have haste, and then it has the reminder text. They can attack and tap as soon as they <laughs> enter the battlefield under control. Why does your control. have
0: reminder text for haste?
1: Because in the movie- Gandalf gets Shadowfax, he calls him, and he says, Shadowfax, show me the meaning of haste.
0: Right. Okay.
1: And so, they- have got that, <laughs> That's purely why Chewie put it in here. Not because horse tribal is his oh, thing. Are you serious?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a pun.
1: I mean, of course, that's why oh, Chewie put dear. it in here. All oh, right. Where's the uh, sambled? <laughs> it, it also says, whenever Shadowfax Lord of Horses attacks you may put a creature card with lesser power from your hand onto the battlefield tap than attacking. So it's, okay. it's actually kind of cool it's, yep. um it's doing like a semi-Winoda sort of thing. Kind of- not Yeah, it's in the same colours. It is. Um, but yeah, horses you control have haste because Shadowfax will show you the meaning of haste. Anyway. Right. Um, many Partings is another one, Chewy Hat, uh, which is green for a sorcery. Search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle, it, but also create a food token.
0: Just just tack that on there.
1: Just tack it on there. There's, yep. you know, we've we talked about this. There's food tokens just tacked on things. I mean, it's got, it's actually got a couple of hobbits and Gandalf on there and stuff like that, I think. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, there's just a lot of that kind of stuff. Temp- yep. Tempted by the Ring is just tacked on there. Now, there's there's one card that I did want to talk about that Chewie didn't have there, which is Aragorn the Uniter. So this is red, green, white, blue for a legendary creature, human noble, five, five. And it's got many, many keywords, many words. So whenever you cast a white spell, create a one, one white human soldier creature token. Whenever you cast a blue spell, scry two. Whenever you cast a red spell, Aragorn the United deals three damage to target opponent. Whenever you cast a green spell, target creature gets plus four, plus four until end of turn. So, one of the contexts that uh, this is interesting in is potentially humans in modern. Now, humans hasn't been a deck for a long time. But if you have this in play and then you cast a Mantis Rider, you trigger three of these abilities. So, you get a 1-1 white human soldier token, you get to scry to, and then you get to lightning bolt someone.
0: Okay. You got to play four colors.
1: (laughs) You do. You do. But, I mean- That's pretty easy in terms of humans. They've got all of the um, Ziggurat lands and all that sort of stuff. Like, the mana base was never actually their problem. And vile as well. I mean, you can't vile creatures in to trigger Aragorn's ability because it is a cast trigger. But it will trigger off multiple other things. And it's just- it's a 5-5. So, I don't know. I don't know if it's good enough. I've heard some people talking about the fact that it's, you know, maybe a one-off or something like that in that deck. You could look at reaching into- because typically it was just Jeskai humans, right? I don't know yeah. that green was ever really.
0: Well, they were playing. Yeah, they were playing sort of fork it. Because they were playing black for like Kite Cell Freebooter and things like that at some point. I don't know. Humans has. Yeah, yeah it hasn't been it's a really through, it, it strong It's gone through five color humans. No, it hasn't. It hasn't.
1: But I mean, yeah. there's there's some other things in here. Um, there's Prince Imru the Fair, which is another one that Chewie had, which is white blue for a 2 2. Uh, whenever you draw your second card each turn, create a 1 1 white human soldier token creature. I don't know the context of this one. It seems like it'd be good in standard. Mm. Yeah, it would be.
0: Obviously, not in would standard. Be a good standard card.
1: <laughs> I don't know how you're triggering this a bunch of times in, in modern.
0: No. Or even commander. No. It's, yeah, it's just drawing, and it only triggers off your second card each turn. Yes. So you're not you're not pumping out No, it's, it's not, not for there. each subsequent card yep. or anything like that. Yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Well, if Chewie was here, he, he would be d- able to explain. That's it. that's true. He'll be listening to this podcast and going Yeah, it's because of this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Exactly.
1: That's it's exactly like, how he talks. It's like the last podcast when you guys are like, ah, oh, Cracker's not here slacker. And I was like, "Whoa, hang on a second. <laughs> I reckon in total I've been on more podcasts than anybody." I think <laughs> yeah, that's really true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, <laughs> nice to know you guys care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, there's, there's, is there's that, a lot is of cards.
1: Yeah, I think that's it. I mean, we could we could go through a whole stack more, but yeah, there's there's a lot of really cool things. The pre-release is next weekend. Yep. So, it's the weekend of the 6 the 16th, 17th is the yep. is when that comes out. So, Go check out your local game stores and if you open a collector booster, do it carefully.
0: Make sure you have sleeves and leave immediately. Probably just don't open collector boosters in the store. Yeah, that's probably a much better (laughs) idea. That's probably a good idea because, yeah, if you do happen to open the One Ring, Mm -hmm. even one of the... Like, serialized ones where there's, yes. like, 900 of one and 300 of, of yep. another. another. Yeah. Like, they're still going to be worth quite a bit. But, they're, yeah, if, yes. you, if you were to open that one ring with people around you who you do not trust with your life, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, you, you may be in a bit of trouble. So, I would suggest opening Collector Boosters in the privacy of your own home. And if you do happen to open the one ring, do not go posting it all over social media. no. Go and place it in a safety deposit box somewhere yes. and, yeah, then go and probably talk to, I don't know, an art dealer or yeah, someone that's what I was like saying. that. You should
1: talk to, like, Christie's of London or something like yeah. that, like an actual auction house. Don't just yep. go to Star City and say, oh, hey, would you like to buy this from me? And like, there will be people that you don't know about that are interested in collecting things because it is a collectible. And yes. If it goes to a big auction house, if someone's put up a million dollar bounty on it already, then- yeah, pretty good chance you'll get that much or more in an auction.
0: Exactly. Yep. And it'll be probably someone who has nothing to do with magic, just uh, either a Lord of the Rings nerd yeah, or some Stephen movie Colby star there. or. Yeah. <laughs> Might be one of the cast of Lord of the Rings. Could be yeah, Stephen could be. Jackson. Like, who knows? Peter? Uh, Peter, Peter Jackson. Stephen. Stephen Spielberg? Anyway. Peter Jackson, that's the dude. Yeah, that's the Hobbit the one. dude. The yeah. Hobbit dude. Yeah, the guy that looks like a Hobbit.
1: The guy that's always yeah. eating carrots. <laughs> All
0: right, we've gone off the rails. Okay, we so have. quick thing to mention on the way out the door: the league is about halfway through after five weeks of the group stage. Mm. Had quite a few matches have been played. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got Darkarna sitting very, very uh, well on the top of the ladder in my group, in Group A, with a <laughs> record of twelve and one. Oh my with uh Bruyne being the only person to take the uh, the match off of him. So and no surprise at all Sarah Soldier sitting in second. Over in your group, Cracker, mm. surprise, surprise Azzy a- G, a G <laughs> yeah. sitting on the top of the ladder. So Azzy G on the top of one group and Sarah Soldier's on top in the other group. So uh, yeah. Plenty of time still left to get your matches done. There's there's actually a few players that are on undefeated records, which is quite impressive. And uh yeah, some people with quite good records. It's it's not me. I I'm uh, undefeated. I'm, I'm on fifty five percent. I'm uh hey? I'm winning. Yeah, nice. I'm sitting in
1: sixth place. That's really good. Yeah. I was uh <laughs> I was in tenth, but then Map joined and started playing games today and he's already overtaken
0: me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yes, you have a 33% win rate. Cracker. Listen. <laughs>
1: this is true. All I can say yep. is Nykthos is quite the magic card.
0: Sure is. Yep. So, yeah, get in, play your matches. We actually had someone join yesterday, I think. Uh, we did. I'm not sure where they came from, but they jumped in and joined. So, if you're out there listening and you go, oh, I've completely forgot about this, there is still time for you to jump in and play the group stage. But once we get to sort of that last week of the group stage, it's going to be too late for you to join. You're just not going to have enough time to play your matches. And then once we're past the group stage, yeah, there's no no chance of joining. So, if you do want to get in, quickly jump in the Discord or just ping one of the admins, one of the mods or one of the beans and uh, we'll get you into a group. And for those who are already there, yeah, keep playing those matches. I reckon if you can get yourself maybe like eight to ten wins, you're pretty much going to be locked with uh, how much I think going to get played in this I, I league, reckon so. even
1: less than that. I reckon you might be locked at, at seven.
0: Yeah, possibly, yep. It just depends, like, how we saw it in the last league. It sort of escalates towards the end. You get a bunch of people playing matches really quickly and, uh, yeah, all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I need a, <laughs> I need another win to stay in the top ten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't leave it too late. Get them done and, uh, yeah, get in there for the stage two. So that's going to do us for this week, the uh, usual wrap-up on the way out the door. If you want to get in on that league or you just want to hang out and chat with really cool people, the best place to do that is in our Discord. The link for that is always in the show notes. There is also a link in the show notes for our merch store. You can go and buy some Magic Beans gear, and then uh, any money that we get off of that, which is not much, just gets put straight back into the prizes for things like the League. So you get to support us and support yourself, and you get to wear sweet Magic Beans stuff, so it's just a win-win for everybody. Speaking of win-win for everybody, Josh and to be bizarre. although that's not true. Not everybody wins. <laughs> Not everyone wins the auctions. Some people win the auctions. so it is win, can try to win. win, win. For them. Yes, exactly. jpmzgbazaar.com.au. That will take you straight to the Facebook group. Get in there and get in on the giveaway that's going on at the moment. And then you can go to our website to find our links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch and Twitter, all those places. You can find the links on magicbeanscast.com or just search for Magic Beans or Magic Beans Cast and you'll find us somewhere there. If you would like to find me on Twitter, I am at Peace Inc. And you are a cracker at joelhill underscore very good so that's it for this week thank you as always for listening stay safe out there and we will see you all next time